This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. All right. Welcome. Awesome. What is your name? Max Wilcott. Okay. And what is your primary role in the line dance community, would you say? Uh, just for the fun of it, honestly. Hmm. Are you a uh, dancer, instructor, choreographer? Or I've helped choreograph, like co-choreograph a couple of dances here locally. But, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm a choreographer. Okay. So I just, yeah, I, I offer my two cents when it's asked for. Mm-hmm. So I do have, a, you know, some dance experience background outside of line dancing. Mm-hmm. So I think people look at that and they want a little bit of a day, uh, a different take on what maybe they're doing. So. And you say this area. What is this area? Uh, Reno, Nevada. And uh, which dances, if we, people were to look up, which dances uh, you, you contributed toward? I would say the probably the most popular one that people see and they like uh, is called The Chase. It was originally done to uh, Taylor Swift's song, uh, How to Get the Girl, which mm-hmm. later changed here. They, they wanted it to go a bit faster. So, which, I don't like the new song, but <laughs> that's just me, I'm picky. Um, but I think the, uh, I, I can't remember what it is that they're doing the new song. Freight Train. Freight train. Mm-hmm. What would you say is uh, your style of dance? Since you have a unique style, uh, what is it that informs the way that you you come to the dance floor? You know, I, I do a lot of freestyle with hip-hop in that. And I try to find, like, as I'm dancing in that, how to mix in other avenues. Like, I, I don't necessarily just want to stick with, like, the country style. Um, I do add some flair with, like, the ballroom and that and, like, try to smooth things out. Whereas hip-hop, I, I feel a little bit more sharp. And it doesn't have that fluidity to it, but I kind of try to mix the ballroom fluidity with the hip hop sharp, and then throw that in the line dance, mm. and uh, just kind of play with it. I like to play with the instrumentals and music and stuff, mm. so it's kind of where I look for my style at. Uh, how so? When you say play with the instrumentals, how uh, does that show itself? So a lot of people when they they're going through line dancing is on like you know, on the count everything. You know, you either got syncopated steps that are between counts, um, which is just adding a step between beats or they're on the beat specifically. And a lot of times people forget that there's other instrumentals that are going on in the music outside just that that beat that's pretty prevalent. And uh, you know, if there's a cowbell going on in the background or you hear like a drag in a, uh, I don't know, there's a trumpet or something like that, then like, what can you do in your body mm-hmm. that kind of mimics that, you know, what you're hearing and what people see with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes I'm on, other times I'm like, oh, that totally, missed it but that's why I try to mix in with it Mm. how long have you been involved in the line dance scene community Mm. I think uh, it's 2016 now Um, it's been it's been almost a year and a half I think so uh, there's actually a guy locally uh, Wayne Hux Jr. that he's a choreographer in that and I got a hold of him and he, he showed me a lot of line dances pretty quick you know, I picked up fairly quick, and uh, I was just going out. Uh, it used to be I was going out uh, Wednesday through Sunday. I was stuck on it, so I just got all the dances and that done locally. And then anytime there's a new one, I try to pick it up on the floor if I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like sitting in front of a YouTube video <clears throat> trying to, like, learn it, mm-hmm. per se, that way. But if I, if I go out on the floor and somebody's doing something, I can pick it up a lot faster. So usually about one or two times out there, I got it. Have but. you tried bringing any dances in? Yeah, I've attempted. I'm a busy guy, though, so <laughs> sometimes it's hard. You know, that would require me learning it from YouTube and then bringing it in. True. And uh, just, I think the Beast was one of them that we tried to get started here in Reno oh, yeah. a while back. And 
I love that dance. I've seen so many people do so many different things to it, mm. and uh, I haven't learned it, but they uh, they split it last night, mm. and I wanted to jump in there and see if I could figure it out. So I think by the end of the, the dance, I almost had it. But uh, I think in a couple more times, I could start stylizing it a bit, making it my own. But do you have like a posse that you tend to go out to different dance places with? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a posse or not. <laughs> oh, we're not that thug. <laughs> but <laughs> no, there's there's a there's a group of regulars mm. that come out. Probably I don't know half a dozen or so guys, maybe a couple of girls that come out with them. Mm. And that um, there's probably three or four guys that are regular, like solid. They're always looking for new dancers. They're the ones that bring in a lot of the dances. And um, generally, whatever they're kind of doing, we kind of we kind of work together on it as mm. far as getting new dances started or going out on the floor and that. So. Nobody else knows the dance. We're usually the only ones out there. Mm. There's about three or four of us, so which gets everyone else started. Mm. But it takes a little while. Uh, so a big question for you to think on uh, as you get into your burger here. Um, if you had to look at like, the different things you've seen, combination of CBQ, Little Waldorf, um, GSR, Gillies, Novi, any other places you've seen, what would your ideal place look like based on like the best of every every other place? And you don't have to answer this right now. That way you can think on we'll it jump and, and get, get some, food. some food. And then uh, we'll get back into it in just a minute. Yeah, no problem, man. Okay, and we are back. Uh, I am extremely full. That was, a, I think, one-pound burger. That was amazing. Delicious. Uh, so, yes, I, I hope you've had ample time to think about the, the question of ideal line dance venue slash experience. If you were to go to a place that combines all the best qualities of every place that you've seen here and in you know, other areas you may have been to before, as well as uh, having that supplemented by things you haven't seen that you really wish, wish somebody would bring in, uh, what would that place look like? What would be the, the evening st uh, as it starts and ends? All right, so it's one of those uh, in a perfect world mm -hmm. questions. Uh, well, for one, the b being a dancer, I'd say dance floor is like in my mind the first thing that comes out. Um, I don't even care if it has a roof on it, to be honest. Like if there's a dance floor and there's music playing, um, you can have line dancing. And uh, I would say padded floor. That's something I really liked about uh, Stoney's was the shock absorption. So, you know, if you're, uh, if you're stomping the ground or anything like that, it, you didn't necessarily like, feel that shock the next day through your legs. It, it made a huge difference in, like, you know, stamina. Mm -hmm. um, if people come in, everyone would be buying drinks, you know, to support that venue. So, you know, they're not going in the hole in order to keep it up and running. Uh, line dancers don't generally buy a lot of alcohol, unfortunately. But, you know, we would need at least enough viewers of the place and enough room for those viewers to be buying alcohol and, and supporting the venue so I don't like uh, I don't like playing the same songs over and over you know if you if you do like a tush push or something like that um, I think a DJ should have enough songs in his back pocket that he's able to rotate through and, and keep keep the crowd going for a while that you know if another tush push comes on it's a different song at least uh, we kind of have a dilemma in Reno at the moment that we kind of get stuck in our in our same old songs, but you know, someone like myself who's out every weekend, we get tired of it, and we want something new that challenges us. Or, you know, as I said before, we're I focus on playing with instrumentals when I dance, and that. So if if there's the same song every single time, I don't really have room to play. Hmm. You know, kind of get stuck in a rut, and it gets a little bit boring. But uh, that would be my ideal. 
as far as location goes. We have a couple of places right now that are in casinos. I prefer a place that was like set aside specifically for it. You know, that people can go there, they know what they're going there for. It's for line dancing, it's for a couple of drinks, it's for the social atmosphere. It's not because you're staying at a resort or something like that and you wandered down out of the lobby and found out there was line dancing going on, you know. So it's, it's, hard to, uh, it's hard to judge the crowd you're catering to and that's the situation you're in. So, but that's just my take on it. I'm sure others have uh, varying opinions on the matter. But I'm biased towards I'm a dancer. Mm -hmm. I want to go to a place and have a drink or two and just dance. So. Now, yesterday you were you were describing the electric slide <laughs> and the potential that lies therein. And you do a lot of freestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, you also do line dance. Um, what... What is it about the electric slide or other similar dances that you would encourage people to play with, as you say? So I, the beauty of the electric slide is in its simplicity. Uh, I think there's a lot of really complex dances out there that they may be fun to do, but it limits you as far as your ability to play with it. So like if... If you were to do like Fat Sally Lee, mm -hmm. which may be a fun, happy dance to do, most of the time you're suspended in the air. There's not much you're going to do with it. It's in a way kind of boring after a certain amount of time. You know, but if you look at the electric slide, it can be played to a multitude of songs. You know, you can do hip hop with it or you can do country with it or um, just a, a bunch of stuff. And if you look at the way that it's set up, what can you do in like four walking steps? You know, so to me, it's like you could play with that in many ways. And this is where kind of like what I was saying with having different music like if I get a new song that goes to electric slide every single time then the electric slide will look different every single time you know but if someone plays the exact same song over and over and over on the electric slide it's not going to change much I get kind of bored with it or you know I don't really want to freestyle much to it because I've used up um, any avenue to like freestyle in it you know um, yeah like the electric slide I, I love it because it is simple you know, you can add kicks or flares or drags or spins or, you know, anything you want to it because it is so simple. But if a, if a dance is super complex, you're limited to the steps. You know, you can do whatever you want within those steps, but that's it. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a fan of uh, fast dances either because I can always syncopate or add steps in between the set step list. If it's too fast, I can only go so quick. You know, so I'm limited to the steps of that line dance and I can't play. So... That's my personal style, though. What is it that you experience during this um, play? Like, I know for me, it, it, some dances can feel like getting in the zone, just like complete immersion, like where it's just challenging enough so that thinking about other things takes me out of it and I like mess, mess something up. I like end up on the wrong step or the wrong foot, the wrong wall. Um, so for me, it would be like a flow of... Uh, and just kind of disappearance into that. Uh, when you are having your ideal line dance experience, like the, the song and the uh, dance are like just perfectly merged and your body's going with it, like what is it that you feel when you're doing, say, like last night when uh, Cowboy came on and you were doing kicks and all kinds of things, do you feel like... Um, like excitement in your body? Do you feel like really, uh, 
you know, aggressive, engaged? Do you feel like things are smoother and things are just kind of unfolding as they should? What would that experience feel like for you when you're at your your peak of, of line dance feel? It's a tough one. <laughs> to try. It depends on the mood, honestly. Uh, actually, sometimes on my worst days are the days that I go out and I dance and I put a lot of effort into it because I'm kind of working out some of the aggression of the day or maybe some stress or something like that. But the thing that really locks me into it and like makes me enjoy it is going from any step that I make, you know, any, any movement that I uh, decide to take on, whether it's a spin or a kick or whatever, um, I want to know where it starts at and if I end sharply where I want to end. You know, if it's a new change of wall or something, like if I'm on the front-facing wall and I know that I need to do, if I want to do three or four turns or spins and end up on the left-facing wall. It's like, did I miss it? Did I hit it right? And does the movement continue? Um, if I miss it, then I'm going to have to correct somewhere and it doesn't feel right. I'm, it kind of throws my game off. Um, but if I hit it sharply, then I can stop there and move on to the next movement. And it just, it's almost like, um, to me, it reminds me of like going down a river that if you're just floating the river, if you hit the sides of like the bank or the shore, it's like this jarring feeling. That would be a mess up. Mm. Um, but you can kind of recover from it. But the rest of the time, you're floating right down the middle of the river, and mm. it's just effortless. It's just smooth. It's enjoyable. It's relaxing. And like that's how the dancing should feel to me. You may change direction in that, but ultimately, it's not jarring. It's not shocking, if any means. It's uh, it's just a nice day on the river. Mm. You know, and in this case, it, it's my body movement. So, like, as I'm dancing, that's what I'm thinking about. It's just keeping everything flowing smoothly. So. I never thought about it in such nature-based terms before. It's interesting. <laughs> you yeah, should float, it, float the river more often, man. <laughs> it's, it even kind of applies to whitewater. Like, if you're doing a really fast dance and you know that there's this big drop coming up, but you know what to do when you get there, then you crash into that that down and then it pops you back out and then you make it through and then it gets calm again and you there, it, it's exciting but there's never a feeling of danger you're just you know what to do exactly when to do it and you know how much strength you need to put into it and you know when you can be calm again and there, there are parts of the beast that are like that where you know, there are parts where you're jumping duh, hop up butt, and duh, duh. but then there are also parts where you're just doing a little paddle turn you know? yeah, and just exactly. gets you to the, the next wall very simply <laughs> exactly so like my uh my background like my first job and that was actually riding horses and that and uh training so it was kind of the same thought though like i need to keep the ride going smoothly if i wanted to go long distance in that and like keep things going nice and like i kind of take this and apply it in all areas of my life. so whether i was like riding horses or if you look at the look at my car tires at the moment they're a little bald on the edges because i like taking sharp corners and i like going out for a nice smooth drive and it's like knowing how much you should slow down how much you should speed up how fast can you take the corner and maintain control stuff like that so it's like dancing is no different to me mm-hmm. like you want to maintain that smoothness or like you said you know if you're going down rapids knowing how to like manage it it's not that uh if you panic in the middle of it or you mess it up you may just freeze yeah. i see people do that on the dance floor you know, they mess up and they just freeze and lose their spot but mm-hmm. yeah somebody might run into them yeah yeah in some ways, just not moving can can be worse than trying to cover it and fumble your way to the next wall. Yeah. If you just stand there, then, yeah, you're kind of a hazard to everybody. 
you my, become the rock. My golden rule of dancing is never stop movement. Yeah. There's like even on spots where there's like a drag and it appears that you're not moving, if you keep slight movement, you know, someone across the dance floor, like it's amazing how well we pick up movement. Mm. It's like if you're moving a quarter inch every like three seconds, it doesn't matter, they can still tell you're moving and it, like it still adds to dancing. If you stop dance like you stop moving, then you stop dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have the golden rule, never ever stop moving mm-hmm. if you're on the floor. So Line dance has gone through many changes over time from like the 90s, 80s and 90s and uh, I guess a brief lull and however it is right now. Where do you see it in the future? Like what crowd do you think will be the predominant crowd? Do you think it'll still be the, the older groups? Do you think maybe there's potential with some of the pop songs that are being used with it for younger people to come into it? Uh, if, if so, how do you think they might discover it? What would be the best way to communicate it to them so that they know that it exists and that it would be relevant to their interests? Like, do you see it growing? Do you see it shrinking? Where, where do you see it heading? You know, it's, I'm fairly new into it, so it's hard for me to decide. But I do know, um, I've been dancing probably five years now, mm-hmm. and I have noticed a trend that I think back in the 50s, dancing was like a regular thing just because we weren't in an electronic era and dancing was not uncommon. Now it kind of went through a time where dancing is very uncommon, or you know, we don't, we don't do a lot of dancing in our culture. But thanks to like YouTube and these videos that are being uploaded of uh, So You Think You Can Dance and movies being made about it and everything else, it, the dancing is becoming more popular as it is. So and I think the line dancing community is picking up on that as well. Um, I don't foresee it staying uh, line dancing, like it, it's kind of got the, I don't know what you get, the reputation of it. Like, I don't think someone's going to turn on like some Marty Robbins or something, like maybe the old days. And, <laughs> hey, I don't know, can we dance to this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you've got countries, country stars now that are throwing in their, their lyrics and that, that, you know, they're sitting in the back of a pickup truck and they turned on some T Pain, and it's like you're throwing that into country music. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the generations now are working more towards that. They're they're going more towards the pop and that. Um, the country singers are working more on alternative country, as it were, which is now becoming not alternative anymore. It's mainstream country. Mm-hmm. And I think line dancing is going to follow suit because, I mean, we're going to dance to whatever they give us. <laughs> That's what they're giving us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the old singers in that are not here anymore. They're, Hank Williams Jr. and stuff and Johnny Cash and Marty Robbins and all those guys are just they're non-existent so we're stuck with Luke Bryan unfortunately mm-hmm. no <laughs> oh man when he played at Stagecoach it was just like one line dance song after another he's got so <laughs> many that have pretty decent dances set to them mm-hmm. yeah where do you see there being unexplored potential in line dance in, in whatever way might interpret that whether technological things that we could integrate with it that you think might enhance it or styles of motion that aren't being used enough like tutting um, places that it could tie into whatever the local thing is and it's not just country plus line dance but maybe it's like high school PE class plus line dance where do you see there being potential that has yet to be tapped into it's a tough one. I think that actually is kind of a little bit of a tough question, mm-hmm. um, only because it depends on what people are interested in doing and why they're they're going out to dance. So, like when I taught ballroom, we have 
and I'm still teaching ballroom now, but we have like a list, like an entire page that when somebody comes in as like a new student and you say, all right, why do you want to learn to dance? And this whole list is everything from like, it's a social event or I'm looking for a special someone or I'm just looking to get social, I'm looking for exercise, I'm looking for, you know, whatever it may be. And depending on what the need is in that area, um, I think it would change as far as like where it could be used at. If you've got somebody who, maybe there's a teacher in school that wants to integrate, you know, dancing into the program and is like part of PE or something, uh, it could be integrated there. Um, it could be put in for obviously exercise that everyone knows and is familiar with Zumba and that and how that became like a big hit. Um, as currently as is, like we, we take like ballroom and they make line dances in ballroom to show like how to do ballroom steps without a partner and they just like mix stuff in that way. So I think we also, the, the other thing is too, we need to get rid of like country line dancing because I don't think it is just country line dancing anymore. I agree. You know, it's, it's turned into something entirely different. Um, line dancing is not limited to genre of music. It's, it is based on, does somebody want to dance to a particular song? And is this something you could teach to 30 or 40 people? And they could all go out there and dance without knowing how to freestyle or take professional lessons or whatever. They can start and build up to however far they want to go with it. You know, um, So I think there's a lot of avenues it could be used at, but I think it also needs to drop the country line dancing, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think it just needs to be line dancing, period. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that would open it up because a lot of people look at it and say, I don't like country music, so I don't do line dancing. And it's like, well, what do you like? Mm -hmm. And let's throw some line dances on it. Yeah, like I moves like Jagger, yeah. uh, Ain't Too Cool, other ones that were playing last night. Yeah, I mean, you travel around a bit, so like you've showed me easily like probably a dozen dances last night I hadn't seen before and I loved it because I loved the music it was like hip-hop and pop and stuff like that and I'm going I could rock these things but trying to get them played is hard because it's country nights and it just right. doesn't make sense to me but yeah, it'd be nice if they just advertised them as line dance night and then whatever music is played is played but because they put country right in there and then like on the projector it says country night Grand Sierra or whatever. yeah like they they they're, they're setting themselves up. Yeah, exactly. They're they're setting up their own limitations. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of people I know that I'm like, hey, why don't you come out line dancing with this and that? And they go, I hate country music. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> like I feel you, but like, you know, this is what we got at the moment. And if they just dropped that, there'd be a lot more people I know that would come out and be like, hey, do you want to learn some line dancing? Isn't that the country thing? Mm. No, we got hip hop and pop and all this other stuff. And I know people have brought it up and said like, yeah, I'd be interested if they just didn't play country. You know, but there's obviously plenty of line dances to non-country dances, you know, or non-country songs. But it is—it's a self-limitation. Mm. Sort of related to that, are there any problems that you see that still need to be solved in line dance? And uh, I mean, for one, I guess this would be a sort of site-specific thing. But uh, if more dance floors absorbed shock <laughs> and didn't just have like tile, then that would be nice. That really depends on the place, though. And then, like, you, uh, we were also talking, possibly off record, I think, about um, the fragmentation of some some songs having like a gajillion dances, and then people don't know which version they're supposed to do. Uh, what What are some other problems that you think um, could could use some work on? <laughs> Actually, one of the things that you brought up off record, uh, we were talking last night on it, was like a lot of the websites and that that are, are built are from like the 1990s and it's it's discouraging 
to be honest. Like when you go out and you look up a group, it's like, hey, what are these guys doing? And then you go to this website that's built in the 90s and you're like, I don't even want to be on this website <laughs> as it is. Like it's, it doesn't feel welcoming. It feels like terrible dial-up days or something. And it doesn't give credibility to the guy who maybe choreographed an amazing dance. Yeah. You're like, this doesn't seem fresh to me. This seems like some old, like it pictures in my mind, some old, old dude that like puts something together. And I'm like, I don't want to dance to this. I don't care what it is at this point. I don't even want to search your site. I just yeah. want to move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think things would be better if uh, there was an outlet where people could post their videos or post their choreography and that. And it was a good website and you know, it'd be welcoming. To like jump on on that. Um, the other thing is, uh, I think there's a lot of resistance as far as like cover charges. Mm-hmm. Places uh, people look for line dancing is so that it's free. You mm-hmm. know, like dancing's free, uh, and it's true. If you want to go dance in the desert under the stars, that's awesome. But you're not going to have a dance floor. You're going to have dirt, and there's there's doing business. You you got to have people that are are willing to pay a cover charge to support the building. Or at least maybe even have that cover charge voided if you're buying X amount of drinks or something, you know. But there has to be income that's going on. Um, without the uh, without the line dancers, you don't have a crowd. But without the crowd, the line dancers have nowhere to dance, and it needs to be one hand washing the other. So I think there's a lot of things where line dancers are kind of running the DJ um, and running the vendors and that type of thing. Of like, well, fine, we just won't show up then, and we're just going to boycott your your place if. You know, you don't play what we want or do what we want or whatever, but it's like, well, you need to be buying drinks or supporting a vendor of some type. I know you guys are dancing, so you just want to drink water, but, you know, grab a shot of whiskey, like buy somebody a drink, something, you know. Um, and at the same time, if if the bar isn't there, then we can't afford a place to dance, so it's it's one hand washing the other entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there does need to be some work in that area that uh, I don't think we should shy away from it. Mm-hmm. I think people should be a little bit more open to it. So there's a business side to this. And if you enjoy coming to a place, support the place. You've mentioned before also the sort of limited options as far as learning dances in person. There are, I guess, two main instructors in this area. If there are more, I'm not aware of the others. Um, But we've we've got Vicky and and Wayne as uh, two of the people who are responsible for most of what people learn here. And then I guess Bob Truesdale down in uh, Carson City. But you've also mentioned that you don't like to learn things off of YouTube necessarily. Like that that's not your ideal way of learning dances. What do you think the solution would be for that? Uh, have more like student instructors, like the the posse people, you know, <laughs> the the three or four guys who who are bringing in dances. Would you want them to have? more opportunities to teach in person or are there ways that maybe YouTube videos could be made better so that people would feel more inclined to use them? Well, for one, you can't really use me as a total example. I'm a bit of an exception. Um, Most people do enjoy learning from a YouTube video um, or at least learning in person. I, I can't memorize a line dance to save my life. Like if somebody comes up, I've had this happen before, someone's like, hey, how do you do this line dance? We want to learn it. I'm like, sure, I'll teach you um, on the fly type thing. And I have to kind of walk myself through it to figure it out because my legs remember it, but my brain doesn't. Yeah. And um, most of the dances I learn are on the floor mm-hmm. while they're being done. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a little frustrated if I haven't picked it up by the like, end of the first time or the first round through, uh, or the first time that song being played. So 
I would say that we've got a couple of instructors in Reno. Um, one caters more to the brand new students, um, which are unfortunately either the older crowd or they're people that are just coming out, want to do a couple little dances, whatever. She's not going to do a lot of uh, complex or incredibly complex dances. And you got on the other side of it, uh, Wayne, he sometimes leans more towards the too complex, which is a much smaller crowd. <laughs> Um, there needs to be a happy medium between the two. Um, I th like anything, I, I teach uh, dance in that. I've gone through and had students and everything. I think there is some things lacking as far as why people don't get started. Um, you're taking people that have never danced before in a lot of circumstances, and they don't know the basics. And some of the advanced dancers don't know the basics because they were never shown. So, you know, like you say, a triple step. Oh. And, you know, I, I ask a person, what is a triple step? Mm-hmm. And some of the most advanced dancers are like, it's this, and they show me, and I go, what is that? Like, how do you time that? What does that look like? How do you use your feet? Where does it go? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think there's some basics that could be done that if a student is coming in and learning dance for the first time, it'd be like, all right, this is a triple step. This is how you do it. This is how it works. And they go, oh, okay, well, how many dances have a triple step in it? How many dances have a rock step or a side step or a, coasting, uh, a coaster step? and people don't even know what they are, you know? So the people that are still dancing worked through it, figured it out, and did it. But that's not the average individual. Mm. Um, the average individual isn't gonna push through that. They're gonna you know, look at that and go, that's hard, I don't really know how that works, I couldn't figure it out, and they move on. Mm -hmm. um, but just, to, just about everyone I've talked to that has asked about line dancing, if I showed them some of the basics, they were encouraged because they figured something out and they had some something to build on and gone on further. Uh, but if they don't get past that initial hump, then you know it doesn't matter how many dances you bring into a town. If they look too hard, no matter how simple they are, people are just not going to learn them. So, what would you say are the most successful incentives for people to get past that sticking point? Why do people? Start out as beginners and decide that they are motivated to learn harder ones. Is, is there anything that you've seen as being a pattern or common among the people who are more, I guess what you'd call them, intermediate, so that it wasn't just some thing that they did because they were passing through town, but something that they were like, wow, i got to do this every week if I can? I think it kind of, it, it, like everything, it depends on the person. The biggest motivator, uh, well, I mean, if you really want to look at the biggest motivator, it's probably alcohol, to be honest. <laughs> I think after one or two drinks, somebody gets that confidence to go at least try it. Um, but I think if someone sees something enough, you know, I've seen this happen several times that people are coming out, they won't dance. Like they absolutely, no, it's not for me. Maybe their girlfriend dances. Specifically guys do this because mm -hmm. they're like, this just is not for me. I don't want to do it. I don't look like a fool or whatever. Um, usually if they get a couple of drinks in them, they're a little bit more willing, but you still get the ones that are stuck and just won't do it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if they see it enough that they start finding out that in their world, this is more normal now. Mm. that line dancing is a normal thing because they're out there every weekend maybe having a drink or their girlfriend drags them there or whatever. Pretty soon it's like, you know what, I've seen this enough. I think I can give it a shot. Mm -hmm. You know, and they may try one of the easy dances or something really simple like a go-go stomp or whatever. And I think it builds. They, they find some confidence in it and they go, okay, I did that. Mm -hmm. And somebody else may encourage them like, hey, try this one out. It's pretty simple. And they build two of them. And every time they get a dance down, they build some confidence. And I think it just snowballs, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I've seen people that they started off and they're like, I really can't do this. And then after you know, six to eight months, they're jumping in there with 
some pretty advanced steps, you know, or at least intermediate to advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest motivator is just if they're exposed to it enough that it becomes a normal thing. Would that apply to culture as well? Like if they saw it on more billboards, would they consider it less of a niche activity that only some people do who aren't like me and more of a, oh, well, it's just like any other activity that people could do. There's, you know, all, it's, you can go swimming, you can go hiking, you can go line dancing. Right now, line dancing is not part of that sentence or that conversation. No. No. But how would you integrate it more into culture so that it doesn't seem so weird? <laughs> it doesn't seem so weird to follow on that. Uh, I think it just goes back to that, that same issue of, uh, to me, the biggest niche is uh, country. Mm. All right, so you've got dancing in itself that is a niche that uh, a lot of people don't they don't see it as like an activity you go and do like that's a specific group of people like there are dancers right you know and that needs to go away entirely like you don't need to be a dancer to dance mm-hmm. you know you could walk into any club and you see a guy I don't know doing a simple bounce up and down or something you know the usual the Will Smith dance or something whatever it is um, he's dancing you know like I, I don't think that I think line dancing kind of has this niche because we put country on it, for one. And then on top of that, it's dancing. And people don't see dancing the way that it actually is. And that is, like, it's movement. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need to enjoy it. If you jump into, like, the I need to perform aspect, then that's not dancing. That's performance, mm-hmm. which is a different avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you're right. It's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the line dancers that are dancing, if they're not welcoming... To newcomers, if they're not on the side of like, listen, I'll show you how just to hear a beat. Like there was a guy that I had him tapping his toe because he's like, I can't find the beat. So I'm like, all right, fine, we'll tap our toes. Like that was a starting point. And like he he looked at it and went, okay, I found the beat. Like there it is. I'm like, it's that simple. That guy, after doing simple stuff like that, um, I was like, all right, here's the beat. And then like the following week, I was out there dancing and like I kind of signaled, hey, why don't you give us a shot? He told told me no, whatever. And then I mentioned to him, like, hey, you know, your girlfriend absolutely wants to come out and dance. And, like, she'd love it if you, like, just learned a single dance. You know, and he picked, like, I'm like, check out this dance. And I gave him, it was a go-go stomp. And it took a couple of weeks. But then the guy that everyone said he'll never get on the dance floor came out and did a go-go stomp. Hmm. You know, so it's like if, if the community is welcoming enough for it and they're like, yeah, we know you're new and we know that you're not necessarily as good as we are, but we started just the same as you did. Mm-hmm. Like, come out here and try something new. Like, how can I get you started in this? And I think more people would be open to it. But there's kind of this intimidation that happens, and there's this dividing line between the chairs and the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And trying to get people across that line is really difficult. You know, people are not open to teach or open to show or share. Is there anything else that we should be doing? Like, do we have responsibilities as line dance ambassadors? Uh, like to be like the street team or something <laughs> what what could we do to in our own small way since we're not all instructors or choreographers uh, what can we do to really strengthen the scene meet the person where they're at hmm. I would say stop stop ex- putting your expectation on somebody that you think that they need to get to a certain level or that you're going to get them to a certain level it's like wherever you're at you know, for a guy that can't find the beat, get him tapping his toe. That's a start. You know, like, we look at that and go, like, oh, that's silly or that's stupid. Well, the guy can't find the beat, so why don't you answer his question? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's that medium where he's at. If, if he can't find the beat, show him where the beat's at. Uh, all right. I just recently, there's a girl that's dancing here at GSR, and we were doing a dance. We had this 
uh, Phil and DJ that came in. He was remixing music, and uh, you met him last night. He was here since Friday, and it's now Sunday. So he was here, uh, or I'm sorry, he was here Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Anyway, he took a, uh, a dance that we were dancing to, and I said, hey, keep the beat the same, remix the song, like throw some hip-hop in there, because I'm like, I'm tired of hearing the same stuff, like whatever. He's like, all right, cool. A girl that's been dancing two years, has been doing line dances. She knows all the local line dances. She's not like, she doesn't mess them up. She's not like the best dancer in the world, but she knows her stuff. He started remixing. She stopped and walked off the floor, and I kept dancing. And I said, come on, you know, jump in here. Let's." She goes, well, it's different now. I said, no, it's not. Listen. And I was, I counted the beat out to her. You know, I was going one through, you know, one through eight. And she goes, oh, okay. Like, that's where she kind of ran into a block, and she hadn't expanded her dancing. So I didn't look at her and go like, oh, really? You can't, like, you can't do this dance now because he changed a little something in it or whatever. Boo, get off the floor. Yeah, like, come on. Like, yeah, you should have got off. Like, you know, I didn't do that. It was like, hey, here it is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I, like, went through it, and she's like, oh, okay. And she's dancing along next to me. And, like, if she got a little bit lost, I'd start counting again. And she started learning how to, like, hear that music that was totally different, you know. Um, but I met her where she was at. So whether the guy's tapping his toe or it's a girl who's been dancing a long time, I can look at just about anyone in this local area and be like, yeah, you're not up to snap. Like, you, you're not it. You know, but if I go to, like, I don't know, San Diego, Sacramento, something like that, like, I'm the new guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that's like, I need to learn still, which is awesome. I don't shy away from it. But, like, if I go there, like, hey, I'm trying to figure this out, and they're like, get off the floor because you suck. <laughs> like, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Like, I feel like the new guy that's here locally. Like, if I do that to them, like, I, I understand it. Why would they want to get on the floor? Mm-hmm. So I think as line dancers, as far as our responsibility, it's, it's up to us to, if we want it to grow, we need to grow it. Like, don't expect someone else to do the job. Like, you're going to have to be the guy that takes on the new guy mm-hmm. that doesn't know anything or, you know, it, at the very least, just be nice. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I actually heard this. I was on the dance floor. And somebody came out and was trying to learn the dance next to somebody. And uh, this person had been dancing for, this new person came out and started dancing with this um, older lady that had been dancing some time. And she, the older lady looked at her just flat out and was like, get away from me. Like, just, I didn't know if I should feel bad for the person. I kind of, I laughed a little because I was like, that was extreme. You know, I wasn't ready for it. But it's like, that doesn't encourage new people. That, that just told everyone that heard that comment of like, if you don't know what you're doing, get off the floor. So... I would say we're responsible in that sense. Of we need to look out for the new people. Otherwise, they're not going to do it. Like, if I got yelled at every time I went skiing, I wouldn't ski. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it is anywhere. So. Have you seen any personal transformations among dancers in ways that tend toward these like positive values of you know becoming a, a patient person, an empathetic person? Uh, a more self-controlled person. Have you seen that yourself in the time that you've been dancing among other dancers or in yourself? Yeah. I, are you speaking in, in general as far as attributes that people have gained or are oh, well, those specific? Specifically, like have you, have you seen um, people start out kind of just wanting to do their own thing and not considering themselves somebody who like, needs to take the other person under their wing? And then see them grow as a person and, and just uh, become somebody different because of this form of dance. Yeah, I have, but not without some effort. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, so in the same sense that 
I'm saying that line dancers should be open and welcoming to like new people that are trying to join in. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do have that belief, I'll call out another line dancer. Like that lady that said, you know, get away from me or whatever. Like I had a conversation with her later. Not that it was mean. It wasn't like that at all. Like I didn't even approach her that night. Mm-hmm. You know, but later on, we got talking about, you know, tempers and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, you know, like, I know you got a short temper, but like there was a time when you d- you couldn't get on the floor and you didn't know anything type thing. And it, it really was like, I kind of called her out on it, like, you need to be welcoming to like new people and stuff. Otherwise, like we don't want you on the floor. I don't care how good you are. If you're not nice, then like fellow line dancers don't want you around. You know. So there's a there's a point where I think line dancers need to call each other out too. Like there needs to be a community about taking care of each other and welcoming each other into like new things. So I don't care if it's one experienced line dancer showing a new dance to another experienced line dancer, and taking the time to explain it or teach them or whatever it is or whether it's an experienced line dancer with a beginner trying to get them to dance for the first time ever there has to be um, a willingness there mm-hmm. and if there's not then nobody's going to want to join a community that their people are aggressive or unwelcoming mm-hmm. so and I think the line dancers need to work on each other just as much as a new person mm-hmm. that's one of those things that I've found in the community as well it's sort of self-reinforcing where every dancer they want to go out and do all the things that they've learned, but you really can't get away with being somebody that other people don't like, because then if if they don't want you out there, you can't get into that immersive state, you can't enjoy it, because you know in the back of your mind, all these people around me don't like me. You you won't get to do the thing that you've invested so much time into. So rather than waste all of that time by blowing up at somebody, and say, well, it's more worth it for me to get angry and impatient at this person than it is for me to continue doing you know, the thing that I like. Like, nobody's going to throw away all of that just so they can have their outburst. Uh, over time, like, as people stay in the community longer, they just get deeper and deeper invested, and that's when you start to see a lot of these friendships like across continents and whatnot develop. Because you really have to be that sort of nice person that people can get along with if you personally selfishly if you want to keep doing the thing you like yeah yeah people people will like you say you know the the experienced landers is they won't want you on the floor anymore and then what happens to all those hours that you put into learning new dances gone you know you can't yeah. do them anymore doing your basement or something <laughs> you, you really miss the whole point like you're, you're going line dancing to be social anyway which is why i find it odd when someone isn't like nice because it's like why are you here <laughs> doesn't even make sense like you could stay at home and be a grouch all you want and do like put on an ipod and listen to whatever song you want mm-hmm. you know dance in the living room whatever else you know but you chose to come out into public and dance with people because you wanted to be around people and then you're complaining about the people you chose to be around mm-hmm. so it, it to me it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. you know whatsoever but i don't know I'm, I'm on the side of i want everyone to be taken care of like i actually was dancing recently and I heard a guy shout out at the DJ hey we need more country music or whatever this guy wasn't even dancing honestly I think he was kind of, kind of a grouch but it threw my game off mm-hmm. you know because I was like man that sucks I want this guy to like enjoy I mean he, he had a drink you know like he's supporting the business in my mind that's how I see it I look at it and go okay he had a drink in his hand he came out to see country nights or whatever he expected to hear country and now he's seeing a bunch of line dancers out here dancing to like Jason Derulo and he's like where's the country music and the DJ is conflicted because now he's like, 
do I play for the line dancers who are bringing the entertainment or do I play for the crowd who's bringing the money? Mm. But those, that crowd won't be there if the line dancers aren't there. Mm. So it's uh, one hand washing the other thing again and mm-hmm. it's a dilemma. But like for me, that throws me off because I'm like, how do I get this guy to enjoy his night? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna have fun no matter what. I'll dance to whatever you know, hip hop, pop, ballroom, waltz, tango, foxtrot, whatever it is, um, or do freestyle hip hop, um, or you know, popping or line dancing, or, you know, whatever comes on, I'll do my best to enjoy it. But that's, I'm not like most, you know. So this guy kind of threw up again. I'm I'm just sitting there like it kind of killed my vibe in a way of like ah. Uh, this guy's like hating his night right now. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. You know, but are there groups that you think would especially benefit from being introduced to line dance? Because right now, if you were to advertise it and you would just want to be successful at you know bringing people in, you think, okay, well, who already likes country music? Find out where they shop and what they do, and put an advertisement there. Get the country music people into it because they already like country. With dancers, you would say, "Oh, where do the dancers go? Do we go to like the local community theater and put stuff on their bulletin board because they already like dancing, so they'll be interested in it?" If you looked past the obvious and thought, "Who would like this?" that doesn't even know that they would like it, where there is no really obvious apparent connection between what they need and what would make their lives happier, and the world of line dance and all that it has to offer, where would you seek out those people? Uh, so we talked a little bit about like the different avenues of uh, where like line dancing would be used and where it has like uh, it was like avenues for it to to benefit people. Um, people that are looking for self help, honestly, were one of the biggest things for me. Like people that. Maybe they want more confidence in business or they want the ability to, to hold a conversation with somebody better or something like that. Mm-hmm. Line dancing has, actually dancing in general, I'm gonna say this, dancing in general uh, allows the ability for someone to feel confident. I mean, if you're, if it takes a bit of courage to get out on the floor as it is. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to push yourself past that, to have confidence to learn something new, to challenge yourself, to work with people, um, to jump into a community, introduce yourself to people, to, uh, coordinate your body to go out and exercise like there's a lot of benefits of dancing as it is line dancing I find is specifically different uh, compared to a lot of other types of dancing because you can take it as far as you want you can just do like you know we talked about earlier like the electric slide you can just do a basic electric slide you just need the steps and that's it or if you really enjoy it, you can keep pursuing and trying to make something like that awesome and better and like maybe get some upper body control and add some flair to it and stylize it and whatever else. But it's something that a beginner can pick up and immediately start working on themselves and they can immediately start working on their uh, social abilities or maybe someone's an introvert and doesn't really know how to, how to, how to have a, like a really good conversation with someone. You know, they can go out and start talking about line dancing and automatically everyone you're there with has something in common. You know, so it's it's a good avenue for people that maybe need self-help or need confidence issue, you know, a confidence booster or something like that. Some guys go out and don't know how to talk to a girl. Well, right. you know what? You start learning how to dance, and, like, you are turning down girls, to be honest. I'm not even kidding. Like, my first, uh, I'd say, like, my first three months line dancing, like, I stonewalled every girl. Like, and there was only one that persisted, which I'm now engaged to, because she didn't good leave. For her. Yeah, she just every week was like, well, I guess I'll try again next week. <laughs> You know, and uh, I liked her from day one. She liked me from day one. But, you know, but that's, that's the thing is that, like, guys that don't have confidence in that area or whatever, it's like, yeah, go learn to dance, man. Like, 
because most guys don't want to do it. Like a girl sees a guy that dances and goes, man, he's got confidence. He's got style. He's got good communication skills. He's got a good group of friends around him. Like it, there's a lot that goes to it. And it's not just exercise. It's not just uh, social. It's not just, you know, we kind of put it in a category that we want to market to, but in my opinion, I think every this is just me, the ideal world here, you know, in the life of Max. Um, <laughs> I would prefer that, like, part of the school curriculum, everyone goes through dance class. Like, every single person is forced into a position where they have to dance with somebody, like, totally new every week, let's say, or, like, part of the PE class. They have to, like, rotate through partners or learn a line dance or, you know, something. Because we need it. You know, we need that community. And I think... Uh, Again, take country offline dancing. It's not country specific anymore. That's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but put in the the benefits of it, and I think it would have a lot of marketing ability. You know, I think you'd have a lot of avenues that we may not necessarily see now mm-hmm. because of the stereotypes of like this is country line dancing, mm-hmm. and we cut out a lot of like well, school kids don't like country. Like, go find an eighteen-year-old and be like, hey, do you love country? And like, go through twenty eighteen-year-olds and ask how many of them love country. You'll find maybe half a dozen. Maybe. You know, the rest of them are like hip-hop, pop, I don't know. Uh, what do they call those guys? Uh, crooners. Hmm. You know, like, there's, there's some of those out there. And stuff like, what do you do? You know, like, what, what do you want to do a line dance to? Like, what's your music? What's your style? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think line dancing could be used in a lot of different areas. But we're just not aware of it. <laughs> oh, I, I absolutely agree. That's one of the things I, I keep running notes on is different different ways that it can sort of wheedle its way into the different parts of culture so that it is I, I, when I think about I don't know, this is like a whole other tangent I've probably discussed this before at some <laughs> point but um, if, if line dance were considered just the way, like the way that dance is like if you just thought about dance and line dance was the first thing that came to mind I think that would be pretty cool if we eventually got to that point. <laughs> yeah. So that any song that comes on, you don't think there's a line dance to this. You just think, oh, like the Dougie, the Soldier Boys, Whip and Nene, all that. It's like we were talking about earlier about how people don't do Cupid Shuffle and Wobble different, yeah. drastically differently. It just is the way it is. And that is the dance to that song. So if you listen to something on the radio and 20 years from now, some kid is listening to their favorite Disney pop song and and I think there's a dance to this I I know that there is because that's the way song and dance work like because this is the world we live in now like there is a dance to this I'm going to go learn it you don't think there's a line dance you don't think country line dance you just think there's a dance I'm going to learn it and you know all your friends are going to learn the same one yeah. and then you all have that in common that would be nice <laughs> That yeah there's the ideal world again mm-hmm. well and it's like uh, if you ask a musician is uh, it's kind of like, are the dancers dancing for the music, or is the music made for the dancers? Mm. You know, and a musician will always say that the dancers are dancing for us, whereas a dancer will say, "You make music for us." Mm. You know, there's a different perspective there. Uh, I think our perception of dancing could it could take a tweak, to mm. be honest. <laughs> you know, kind of like you were saying, but uh, yeah, I I think that the the dance community, I I figure that. If we can change how it's seen, because right now, if you say dancing, most people think hip hop, hmm. and then we say dancing, yeah, grinding. Like what yeah, is like, that? Right, That's I don't not what even we know. used to think it was fifty years ago. No. <laughs> uh, 
like, how that happened. <laughs> like something changed. Like it used to be dancing. Like fifty years ago, you'd be like, hey, you want to go dancing? You thought like Lindy Hop. You saw people doing like flips and tricks and stuff. And mm-hmm. nowadays, I'm like, that was a standard. Mm-hmm. How did that? How did we lose that? Mm-hmm. You know, but. Right now, it, it, we do like hip hop or grinding or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have a, a close follow up thanks to Dancing with the Stars. You might have someone that's thinking more along like the ballroom side of things, which they kind of butchered in that show. To be mm-hmm. honest, it's not really entirely ballroom. Um, and then line dancing is somewhere on the list. I think people are aware of it, but they don't really know where. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I, I figure this way that music is made for us mm-hmm. to dance. If if you can't dance to a song, it doesn't need to exist. <laughs> That's just my opinion. So, who would we need to talk to, or like, who would we need to? I don't know. If if there's somebody out there, let's say there's somebody somebody <laughs> out in the world who can really make this kind of thing happen, and or, or would it at least be very influential if we had their ear and we told them, here are all the incredible benefits of if this form of dance were brought to more people in the world. Here's what we need to do to change its image. What are the things we would need to do, and who do we need to talk to? Gosh, I think you just asked me to solve world hunger, but yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing that comes to mind is people that do flash mobs, in my opinion, like they go through and they do these flash mobs, and you get like a hundred people involved, and then it gets shared on YouTube, and it gets like a million views or whatever, and then people see that and they go, wow, that's amazing, they did this flash mob, and then it, that's it. They don't realize, like, no, like, this is a normal thing. You can go down to your local, like, country bar, as it were. Like, you can do line dancing. That's all they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we, we have this perception that it's totally a different thing. And it's not. And I think the people that are organizing, like, flash mobs and stuff, it would be awesome if after these suckers got, like, a million views, they're like, hey, if you want to learn this, go to your local blah, blah, blah. And, like, this is being taught. And here's the video link. And share it with your you know your local bar wherever your line dancing place is mm-hmm. and instead it's like oh that was a cool video and then we move on it's like no you just passed up a million people advertisement mm-hmm. like let's give an instructional on how to do the video or like how to do that dance and then tell people like here's local places go look for these places in line dancing I think that there'd be a lot more people interested mm-hmm. you know, maybe somebody who didn't even consider line dancing before would be like well I wonder if I have a place here in my town you know, and if I don't, where's the local place? They may check it out and be you know, curious about it. Now, one of the tricky things with that is regionalism and how <laughs> if, let's say, the flash mob is done to Stitches by Shawn Mendes, for example, and then people are like, oh, oh I'm so excited about this. I want to do this. They go to their, their local place, and their local place is country only, some 70-year-old guy who's been doing this since the 80s, <laughs> and he refuses to bend. And he gives you a very different idea of what line dance is. And now you don't know who to believe. Do you think it would be possible to have something like a chain, like in and out Because one of the things I thought would be really neat, just like worldwide, if you had a place where they did the same dances there that they do everywhere in the world. And any branch that you go into, you know their playlist is going to include these things. Because... That's the way chains work. Like yeah. In and Out's gonna have the same menu everywhere. Yeah. Do you think it would ever be possible, in the ideal world, for that sort of thing to be sustainable? Uh, like, you don't you don't have to say what are the local places, what kind of what kind of dances are they willing to play, what kind of songs does their DJ like to play? But no, where where is our local 
and then insert name of chain bar here yeah. where in the video the million views video they can say go to your local like if you were to say boot barn or something you know, go to your local whatever and they will have this dance on their playlist could that exist in our world and who would be willing to finance that what would the business model be that we don't have to worry about things like are people spending enough on alcohol is it primarily a bar or is it primarily a dance venue how do they make their money <laughs> oh so the thing is is that line dancing is done in bars unfortunately now there are obviously dance places and that like you uh, Fred Astaire uh, would be one of them or like Arthur Murray um, the Vita had like their videos put out for like all this ballroom stuff right now Arthur Murray's been around for like 105 years or something and his biggest thing was I can teach anyone ballroom really quick uh, the I think Walmart hijacked the uh, fast simple easy or whatever that fast fun and easy that was originally an Arthur Murray term for example hmm. most people don't know that um, but the thing is, is that like they advertise it in a way that anybody could walk into a studio and they could learn a dance really quick and they'd walk out with knowledge and they could take that anywhere. Um, I think if there was a chain, there's, there's two things that need to happen. One, line dancing needs to be popular enough that clubs that don't even do line dancing are going to go, you know what, we've got like hundreds of line dancers that are coming out of these like chains and they want a place to dance. You know, this is a common thing. I know for a fact, if I say I have a line dancing night every Friday at 8 o'clock, and the rest of the week's a bar, but we clear out the chairs every Friday night at 8 o'clock, that I'll have that, uh, that crowd come in. You know, but right now, it's not popular enough to do that. You're not going to have, you know, they're going to have bullies open up their, you know, a local sports bar or whatever, open up their dance floor or whatever, like clear out chairs and stuff. It's not popular. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be possible to do but it would take a long time to get it, you know, spread out countrywide or worldwide to have a chain. Mm. Um, and that's the thing. A chain like that needs to be charging money mm. to, to teach the dances. You know, I think it's totally possible. And I think there are already business plans that are set up for it. Um, honestly, I think somebody just needs to do it. <laughs> to be honest, we have so much diversity with line dancing. And like you said, there's like 20 dances. Uh, to a single song and it's like we need one we don't need 20 we need one dance and there needs to be someone who actually has a a strong voice of opinion in the line dance community be like alright this is the official song and this is the official dance and this is what it goes to and someone who puts it down on record you know so if somebody decides to do an offshoot that's cool you can do whatever you want if you like that one better but like that's not the official or original choreography to it mm -hmm. Know? So there's there's power in numbers, and I think if we have a, a chain or something like that, um, it's totally possible. But someone needs to have the drive to start that <laughs> and take on that beast. But I think it's going to take quite a few years before it becomes normal. Again, you got to take country out of line dancing. So if if I had a the, had to go to a chain that said we do country line dancing, I wouldn't go. And I line dance. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to pay an instructor, you know. 50 bucks or something to show me some line dances and it's only country and I'm like I don't need that I don't want just country mm -hmm. yeah so but that's my opinion mm -hmm. do you see anybody out there who might be leaning that direction already who maybe they need a new big investment and they just they don't know that this is something that can make them a lot of money you know I personally don't know of anyone at this point Reno's not a huge town uh, I mean, even worldwide like even any worldwide. anybody whose portfolio seems like 
this is something they care about. It's not their main thing necessarily, but they already own this, that, and the other company. And because they own those, this would be a perfect fit to go right alongside them. You know, I've, uh, I've thought about that. I can't think of anyone who, if, if someone has that drive, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, like, I think it's possible, but someone does not put the work in to do it. Uh, if line dancing is, let me put it this way. I just mentioned Arthur Murray earlier. Arthur Murray didn't have something on the side. Ballroom wasn't on the side when he decided to start it. Mm. Ballroom was his business, period. And that's where he decided, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make it work, and I'm going to get as many people in this as possible. I'm going to make it so simple and easy that a guy can walk up to a girl and say, hey, let's have a dance, and that girl would say, okay, and he could get some basic steps done and feel good about himself. You know, Maybe even get lucky that night. You never know. But... <laughs> It's just one of those things that it, it wasn't a secondary thing. So I think if, if there is someone out there who is willing to do a line dancing chain, um, if they're not already working on it, um, honestly, they should be. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I can't picture anyone who has, who's got the money already and is like, I could do this on the side. Like, they got to make it their business. If they love it, their chances are they're already trying. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they need the right connections, though. Yeah. So that's just my thought on it. Let's assume for the moment that you have the ear of millions and millions <laughs> of people, and you've got instructors, DJs, venue owners, choreographers, other dancers, all listening right now. Is there anything that you would ask of each of them? Anything that you'd want them to think about, or something that maybe each of them could do in their different fields that maybe it's not something they're thinking about right now, but they should? Yeah. I'm huge on community. Like huge on community. I think that there's only so much one person can do. I think that every time a, I'm gonna specifically for like choreographers and people that are making these dances, is my question is always why are you making this dance? And if they can't give me an answer, if it's just a cool dance and that'll be fun, to me that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like either you're marketing to the newbies who are trying to get into this and trying to figure something out. You're marketing to the intermediate people who aren't necessarily professional by any means, but they do enjoy going out and learning some good stuff. They're, they're not really good, but they know their stuff. Or you're marketing to the advanced. And the advanced people are the type that they don't sit down the whole night. Those are the kinds of people that are just dancing all the time. That, uh, that market is really small, to be honest. I mean, there's, you can make a couple of dances that will market to that, but you're not going to have the majority jump in and want to do that. You'd be better off marketing to either the beginner or the intermediate. Um, and the other thing is, is that if you are worried about making a dance, is again with community, you should be checking with like, have a network of choreographers in that. It's interesting that like, I don't see a lot of like co-choreographed. I see a lot of stuff that's like choreography done by, and then there are a few out there, don't get me wrong, there's a few out there that are like, yeah, it was co-choreographed, or like this other person helped, or there was some input. But if we want to get rid of the separation, then stop being separate. Like, call up some of these choreographers and be like, I'm working on this, what do you think? You know, get some of the top choreographers together, sit them down like a board meeting, and be like, hey guys, we are some of the best choreographers in the freaking world, why don't we get on the same page? Mm-hmm. And make some really good stuff, you know? Um, drop the pride, drop whatever it is, and uh, work together on it. Um, 
honestly, if you got a decent amount of choreographers together and you got some people that had some money involved and they said, hey, there's a business here, there's your chain. Now you've got, let's say, the top 10 choreographers, and every time they invent a dance, it follows out through that chain, and it's like, hey guys, here's the new dance that, you know, the top made. And uh, that becomes the official. Anything outside of that doesn't exist. You know, like some guy in his basement makes choreographed dance, awesome, whatever, if you like it, feel free to dance it, but that's not the official dance. You know, these are the best choreographers in the world making the dance, these are the people that are supporting them, this is the chain that is prevalent throughout the U.S. or throughout the world that... Uh, says this is the dance that we do and this is why we did it mm-hmm. you know so that would be my my voice to them is work together like if you plan on taking uh, taking on line dancing and making it awesome and making it grow and stuff you're not going to do it on your own because it's going to be trying to one up one another it's like oh this year I made a great choreographed dance and next year this guy over here did and next year this guy over here did and it's like why don't we start we made a really cool dance and go from there Mm-hmm. You know, then people are following a group of you know, five to ten choreographers rather than a bunch of separate people. Like, honestly, when I look at, like, new dances that, and I type in YouTube and, like, hey, is there a dance to this? And I get, like, a list of 30 dances. I'm going, like, all right, I don't want to learn any of these because mm-hmm. I don't know what the official one is. I don't know what the common one is. And most of them are recorded in somebody's basement or their front living room. And I'm, like, there's nothing about this that looks professional. So work together. Get a ballroom. Yeah, I mean, if you got 10 people together, you could afford a simple place with a ballroom and some mirrors, you know, not a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can't get 10 people together, like throughout the U.S., at least get the top people in your state together, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure you can afford a $100 plane ticket or 150 bucks in gas, hell, you could afford a $400 plane ticket, like whatever it is, like get together, you know, so I know they got a lot of big events in that for line dancing and that, but, uh. It's good for competition to build each other, but you know that competition should be working towards one another, not away from one another. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. my opinion on it. There's there's one uh, song, "Can't Stop the Feeling," that has very very many dances to it, but the top two, like you mentioned, uh, you know, if you had the top choreographers working on something, there are a few that are co choreographed by like some of the heavy hitters, like uh, "Ain't Misbehaving," uh, "Work from Home," cliche love song where you'll have two or three of the big-name choreographers and they're all working together. So now you have people in all of their fan bases all wanting to learn it because their person worked as part of this. And those dances, they hit the top of the Copper Knob charts. Of, Copper Knob is like where you find all the step sheets for line yeah, dance. Yeah. And they stay up there on the list for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, because like whether, whether or not you even like the dance necessarily, you know a lot of other people are going to be doing this because all the big name choreographers are on it. So you're going to learn it. Like you might have had five other dances on your list. Oh, I like this one. This one looks fun. I'll learn this. But when the next social is coming up and all your friends are going out to it, uh, they are probably all at home learning that big top dance. So you bump <laughs> that one to the top of your list. You know that one's going to be real popular. Yeah. And with Can't Stop the Feeling, there, there was one choreographer who created a multi-part super advanced I guess you could call it super advanced dance uh, because of you know how much it would take to learn it to learn all the different parts and then in Europe you had people who created just a 32 count dance and that that one's really popular as well but it splits the floor because there's so many people who wanted to you know, be loyal to their hometown girl, you know, you, you, this person from the United States, or maybe they just really like that having that many parts to the dance. 
uh, you know, you have people on this half learn, learning and doing that one, and then you have the people who just, they want to keep it simple. They just want to do their 32 countdowns. Uh, or maybe they're from Europe and they want to have that same loyal feeling, so they, they do theirs. If they had done this together and maybe come up with a 48 count dance or something like that, or maybe phrased it just a little so it was an A and a B, so that the people who did the 32 count dance, they could have kept that entire segment and just made it a part B to this overall dance that they've created with the person from the US. That would have been, it, it, there'd be no split floor, and it would have been like a juggernaut on the charts, I'm sure, <laughs> because they, they have, you know, the entire Atlantic Ocean turns into like a drop of water and bringing people together here. <laughs> and and you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have like, oh, well, this one got to the top because it was released first. Oh, but then this one got up above it because it's simpler. It would just, b- both of them, they could all be part of this, this number one dance and it would just stay number one. They wouldn't be flip-flopping and going back and forth or anything like that. They would have all been part of something that benefited everybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing too is I, we just—I mean—we talked earlier about an electric slide. Mm-hmm. I love an electric slide. Now, why is it that? And this is what I would say: like the advanced dancers, like if you have like people that want to keep it really simple, and you get the advanced people who want to make something really complex. It's like, like you said, maybe come with like 48 count or something like that. So it kind of meets in the middle. Mm-hmm. But also the people that are making really advanced steps, what is it that's making it advanced? Is it because their choreography is so dang complex that it's hard to follow? Mm-hmm. Because to me, if I have really hard, complex choreography to follow, I am now limited in my, mov- in my movement. I am stuck to whatever they give me, which I am more on the advanced side of dancing. I don't want to do your dance now because mm-hmm. I have no room to play. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the beginners, or I would say not beginners, the intermediate, who are trying to do this advanced dance, um, they're going to find it as a challenge. But once they become advanced dancers, they're not going to want to do a dance like that either, because now they are past that ability and they don't have room to play. Mm-hmm. So they get stuck in the same situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, so just because a dance is really complex, doesn't make it advanced. Sometimes complex is boring, mm-hmm. or you're working really hard for uh, a dance that you love the song. But now this dance is kind of crappy in a way, you know, because like I want to go out and have fun and feel my body moving and, you know, enjoy it and get a little bit of a workout, but like have fun with it. That's why we're doing this is for fun. And if it's not fun or if I'm limited to what you give me, then like I'm not going to do your dance. I don't care how cool it looks. Like, you know, the first five to ten times I may enjoy it, but then after that I'm going to say forget it. Like I'd rather go do my electric slide. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like to a good song that I really love and I can play with. So... It's, it's in that same area of market to both ends of it. And you can't tell me right now that if you had, when they marketed out these dances, right, they had three or four choreographers that were like so mainstream, they had a ton of views on them and everything else. If those three guys said, hey, guess what? We just opened a ballroom in, I don't care where it's at, like Colorado, right? And they opened up a ballroom, like, come on down and start your, you know, week-long dance camp. Tell me that would not bring in money. Mm-hmm. Like that guaranteed, you would have people from all over the place flying in saying, "These we get to learn from these top three guys, like personally in class. Yeah, and you charge a lot of money for it. Oh, because yeah. Because you're trying to open up the next dance hall, which opens the next dance hall. <laughs> you know, and your teachers are taught under these guys. So they're all certified. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the ability's there. Just they need to work together on it and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, if I was in their situation, you're sitting on a gold mine, you don't even know it. When you have that many people, there's a lot of dollar signs. Mm. 
honestly, I'm religious, but that's why a lot of churches exist. Mm-hmm. I have talked to pastors that said I got into the church because of the money, and it's just because a lot of people, a lot of dollar signs. All right, and it's the same issue with you want to do line dancing, shooting ranges, horseback riding, uh, dancing, whatever it is. A lot of people, a lot of dollar signs. You can grow it, but if you are just like, why are you, why are you even putting out like free dances? In my opinion, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I think that if you make a dance and it gets choreographed, don't release that thing for like at least five months. You guys want the new dance to this thing and make it like a desire and a want to dump money into the studio, make the chain, get it started, get it going. You know, so it's like this dance isn't even going to be released for the next five months. Then we'll put a video out and say we're developing it, quote unquote, type thing. You know, and then people are like, oh, well, if you want the first scoop on it and you get to be one of the originals that learned this dance, go to their dance camp. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, some like, of the workshops, they'll do that. They, they won't yeah. put out their step sheet or uh, tutorial or anything that makes it easier for people because if they go to them in person at one of the big events, yeah. then they have to pay that you know $150 weekend registration fee to learn it from the instructor themselves. And other people who are at home like, oh, did, did they, came out with, they, they came out with a new dance, like I wanna learn it, but oh, I live so far, well, it's too bad, you know? You, yeah. you, you knew how to buy a plane ticket, you knew how to get <laughs> lodging, if you'd wanted to do it, you would've. Yeah, I mean, you knew this event was coming up or whatever, you could have mm-hmm. at least saved, saved some money, didn't buy so much McDonald's, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like, like save your money and figure it out. Yep. So, uh, and that's the other thing, like perceived value. It, because line dancing is not necessarily mainstream, that we don't charge a lot for it but it's like if if it's there why aren't you charging for it like oh well it's not mainstream so i'm going to charge 150 bucks as a top i don't know what they're charging to be honest um i do know that i was invited to go in and uh learn from some of the top choreographers at one point and i was like uh i don't really have the time right now not that i can't afford it but i remember thinking that seems cheap to me Mm -hmm. like i know people that are teaching that they charge several hundred dollars for like an hour mm-hmm. and like if I gotta pay like a hundred bucks for an hour I'm like well that's like a local instructor mm-hmm. uh, there's teachers that I've met and talked to that it's like alright if you want to come in there's 40 people in this class each one of them paid three thousand dollars for three days it's like that's a big chunk of money mm-hmm. you know? but because it's not mainstream we're not uh, we're not charging it mm-hmm. even though it's worth it but there's a perceived value that if someone's charging that much people start asking questions of like mm-hmm. why are you charging that much mm-hmm. um, a crowd attracts a crowd mm-hmm. you know oh wait you're paying you paid three thousand dollars for a three-day lesson you know like three days camp or whatever like what is this thing and then you start telling your friends about it and you're like this seems really cool and it, it spreads mm-hmm. but if you're like oh I paid like 150 bucks they're like oh it's probably not worth much we move on. And it sort of builds on itself, too. Like, some of these really big-name choreographers, they won't go to every event. And there are some big events you'd be surprised. Like, why aren't they here? Like, everyone's here. Why are they not here? And if they decide they want to charge that much more for their fee or something, then it, it makes them seem rarer. Like, wherever they do show up, I'll definitely be willing to shell out money to go to that event because I can't see that person at you know any, any old run-of-the-mill local weekend event. Like I've got to go to the big one because that's where he or she is going to be. And by building that hype, like when, when you see, oh, they're only at these limited number of places, um, it makes them seem more important. And then when they're more important, um, you know, people want to pay more. Like, it, it all feeds on itself. 
Exactly. And if they undercharge, then they they make them themselves look like well they're at all the events because people can afford to to hire them to teach at all the events. So yeah, their name is out there, but where are they on the marquee? Yeah. yeah. See, if I if I'm a I'm going to see somebody and they're charging cheap. Mm-hmm. I look at it as uh, they're desperate and it's not high demand. Right. So, and that's how it is anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like I'm a photographer full time right now. If someone comes in, and I'm on the lower end of things to be honest, but I'm not like starving by any means. But like if someone comes in, like I want a business headshot or something like that, you know, I give them like three photographs is two hundred bucks because that's what it's worth to get an hour of it. And then probably another hour of Photoshop and stuff to get those delivered because I got set up times and everything else. But if I came in and said, oh, well, it's only worth like 50 bucks, they're going to go, how good are you really? Yeah. You know, is it worth it? Um, I had a client that, for example, I went out and I was posing them and everything else. And in the age of digital cameras, you're able to just click away. There's no film. There's no issue there. But they, uh, I'm going through and posing them. And they literally said to me, would you just take the picture already? I'm like, I take one really good photo. I don't take 20, you know, small ones or something like that. But there's a perceived, it stepped him back and they had a different perception of like, oh, he's making one shot perfect. You know, there's, that changes the perception. And I think that whether it's that, how much you charge, how you perceive like line dancing and that, if, if you told me that a bunch of choreographers had a, a studio set up and that they were working together to make choreography and that, I would go, you know what, there's perceived value on that. This is not just some guy doing whatever the heck he wants. This is a board of people who are working together to make a community work. And they're charging the money that it's worth because they need to eat and their professional skills are worth it. And their time is worth it and it demands respect. So raise your prices, work together. Like it it comes down to community. So. And honestly, a lot of us are willing to pay it. Like the people who go to these big events, as you mentioned with the Gillies crowd, you know, sometimes it's older and people are retired. They've got money that they don't know how to spend necessarily. And when they find a thing that makes them happy, you get to a place in life where not everything will do that anymore. So you latch onto it where you can find it. Yeah. And the money is worthless if you, like you can be sitting on a pile of money, but if nothing makes you happy, then what's the point of having it? You're not spending it on anything that's going to do anything to improve your life. Uh, and if something comes along and it says, here, we will make you feel all these feelings and you'll have all these friends around from all over the world that you get to see, how often does that happen? Um, all these all these benefits of line dance. Then, I mean, you could, telling them the, the differences between like 5,000 or 7,000, it doesn't even matter at that point. Once, no. it, once it's at that, that level, like... It, it's all the same. It's like, do you do you want to go or do you really want to go? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's um, it, it, it's kind of in a category of its own for for some of the people who are like super deep into it. Yeah. And any amount, like like when I was uh, saying about the Chicago event, I I bought my flight there because it was like cheap and easy and that's fine. And I haven't bought my return ticket yet because I'm hoping it'll get a little cheaper. Like it's it's still a few <laughs> months away now. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, if it gets down to it, like I'll just pay whatever it is because it's not like I'm gonna cancel everything and refund everything <laughs> just because I you know have a difference of a hundred dollars where I would like it to be and what they're actually charging. Like, yeah, you plan it's, on it's going? It's like period. one of the top probably five events in the world for line dance. If you got like let's say 
you know, Vegas Dance Explosion, I already have everything booked for that. The one that is coming up is Chicago's uh, Windy City Line Dance Mania. You've got the Crystal Boot Awards and um, what was the other one? Like Dance Masters over in Europe. Uh, you've got the UCWDC in uh, the, the Masters in, in Nashville. And what was it? Like Marathon, uh, Showdown. Some of these like really big name ones where like if you only go to a few all year, like there's some that if you can afford it, you should go because these are where all the marquee people are. This is where you find um, the people that you know are. You know how like every every country bar has like those front row dancers, people who put all the extra stuff on it. Yeah. And imagine that all over the world, <laughs> and you take all of them and you put them in a room for a weekend, and that might be the only time you see them all year. Like yeah. that. That uh, that's a, an experience you can't get from watching lessons on YouTube. You really have to be there, and you pay the money to be there when it's when it's worth it for you. Yeah, and you know, someone like me, it, I'm not an exhibitionist or anything like that. I don't go out and jump into a lot of the competitive stuff anymore or anything like that. But it's like I would go to an event like that just to watch. Oh yeah, like it's just entertainment. And there's people that would you know you can have spectator spectator tickets just as much as participant tickets. They do. At some you of know? them, they, they they'll give you a big discount if all you're doing is watching. Yeah, and and that's the thing. So I think that if it needs to be charged more. It needs to be brought together. Yeah. I mean, it keeps coming back to the same thing. Country still needs to be taken off the thing. I cannot yeah. iterate that enough. I, I went to the event in uh, Vegas last year, and there were only a handful of people with cowboy hats. I was one of them. For the most part, in the line dance circuit world of all these big major events, it's just it hasn't been a thing for a while. And then yeah. yet, when you go to, say, the Voguera event in Italy, everyone's in hats because it's like super country. It's, it's like the theme. They do country music for all their dancing. Yeah. Just a sea of cowboy hats because that's their theme. That's what's popular there. But for here, on, on the line dance circuit level, it's all really just about the dance and the music that goes with it. It doesn't matter all about country. A lot of people are not into country, and they won't choreograph for country unless they think, oh, well, you know, it's, it's time to put something back out for the masses, for the mainstream, and you know, I'll do a country song. That way they, they can do it at all the bars. But for my personal preference, I'd like to do this obscure song from a 90s band or whatever. And then they can do that for the circuit people because they're wearing street shoes and T-shirts and none of this country stuff. They just want the dance. What was the uh, the choreographer? He's slipping my mind right now, his name. You might be able to get it. Uh, The guy that did Sling and Mud, the choreographer for that. Oh, I don't know. Uh, It's like Bundy or something. Oh, uh, Guyton Mundy? Guyton Mundy, that's what it is, yeah. Um, I love watching that guy because he he does hip-hop. Oh, you know? yeah. So it's like I watch him going, his styling, his choreography, everything for it is like in that genre. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, that guy needs to be marketed like crazy. And He's same. retiring this year, if you Are can you, believe that. Really? Yeah. That's He's got like a countdown going of the last 20 events that he's going to be in from now to the beginning of 2017. Oh, my gosh. Seeing that sad. Yeah. You know, but in a way, that could be marketed in itself. Like, if he retires for a couple of years and they throw him on a board and be like, Hey, this guy that was really good, he's coming back, but he's only as an advisor, and he's involved in the choreography of some of the stuff. Honestly, he wouldn't have to work that hard because he's got the reputation. Yeah. And be like, this came from the top. These are the top guys. You know, he, he markets to the hip-hop crowd. Maybe you got another guy that's specific to the country crowd, and you got another guy that's specific to the crooner crowd. you got to get that specific to the pop crowd. And when they're all working together on that, like, the the... The marketing for that is huge because everyone that goes to these events is going to go, I know that they had me in mind. 
when they choreographed or when they put this event on. There was somebody on that board that represented my style and represented who I am and how I dance. Mm -hmm. You know, so you just broadened your market. Now, if you've got only country people, you're only going to market to those people for that event. Now, this event gets huge if you start marketing to all the different avenues. You know, um, the other thing is, as far as like the cost, if uh, if someone tells me that it costs four hundred bucks to go to an event, right? Like, hey, big event's going on, it's 400 bucks, heck, even if it's a thousand dollars. You know, I'm gonna look at it and go, like, eh, I can afford that if I save it for a year, I can go to it, no big deal. I'll go next year because it's somewhat cheap. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of importance, but if someone's like, I've saved the last couple of years to go to this event because it's five thousand dollars to get there a person, then the day that you get there, you are freaking ecstatic. There is one. Yeah. It's it, called Eurodance. They only Euro do dance. it every other year. Yeah. And it's one of the things like people that go there, they're, you know for a fact, nobody showed up at that event and goes like, man, I don't even know why I'm here. This <laughs> sucks. Like, this is dumb. No, they're ecstatic. Like, mm -hmm. they put money aside. This is their vacation time. This is what they look forward to. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a lot of value put on it. But in that, that transfers down. Reno's not a big town, but the fact is we got Sacramento nearby. We've got San Diego and the Bay Area nearby. We've got... Um, We've got pretty much nothing heading east for a little while, unfortunately, but um, there's no reason that there shouldn't be. Hmm. You know, if Winnemucker around here is like, in, in, if you ever come to Nevada and someone's like, Winnemucca, everyone here will say, like, there's nothing in Winnemucca, don't go to Winnemucca. But I guarantee you, if there's like a dance hall there, people will go to Winnemucca. <laughs> like, like, oh, this is, there's a big event going on in Winnemucca. It'd be like, all right, cool, let's, you know, spend $1,000 drive next door to Winnemucca, people coming from California and stuff would go and stuff too. So it's really the demand. It's not really location. Location yeah. based. Like uh, Carson City has the, the class that Bob Truesdale does. And honestly, I don't know anything about Carson City besides that, that one thing that happens there. There's probably nothing that would bring me there normally. Why would I go from Sonoma County to Carson City? But there is that one major place, and they have uh, a choreographer who does a lot of the local stuff. There is going to come a time when I take a special drive just for that one night of dancing at that place that's so far out of the way. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I live here. Mm -hmm. um, it's like one of our favorite pastimes between me and my fiance to drive to Carson City. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, you go through Carson City to get to Tahoe, mm -hmm. which is like a major location. Why is it? that I've still not gone to Carson City to check out this line dancing place. Mm. Well, because when I hear about it, it's like, well, it's Carson City, it's way out of the way, and that I don't hear a lot of marketing on it. Um, I've never even met Bob. Mm. Uh, I hear good things about him and stuff. He does his own choreography. But it's like, why is it, and I've asked myself, why is it that I haven't just made a special trip to do it? Well, one, it doesn't even come across my mind most of the time. I'm like, Oh yeah, that the, he's doing something. I think it's Wednesdays. Mm. Or something. And like you that. got four places here, one over there. Yeah, it's like uh, I mean, I want to check it out, but it's only out of curiosity. It's not out of like that's the place to go mm. type thing. But there's no marketing yeah. done for it either. Like I don't see anything on Facebook like check out this, look at this place. Look, here's the new dance that came out. You know, there's no official videos and stuff that are coming out from the place. There's no demand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a place. And what I think about when I hear something like that is like this must just be some like hole in the wall type place that a bunch of old people go to and they do a little bit of dancing and it doesn't have to be that way yeah you know um it could just as easily be like yeah reno's a great place but if you go to carson city that's where it's really at that's the place that has the activity and everything else guaranteed i would make a half hour 45 minute drive 
you know, a couple times a week mm -hmm. to go to that place. If I know I'm going to go there and I'm going to dance for six hours straight, love the music, love the crowd, um, it's worth it, you know. But as it stands, it's just some place in Carson City. Like, I don't even know where it's at. I looked it up once a while back, and I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> like what this place is about. And I live here. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been doing the line dancing in this area for like a year and a half or so. And I just, there hasn't been a draw to go do it. So. Yeah. There, one of the things we were talking about yesterday is that there should be like a media group that, that manages all that kind of stuff and like contracts themselves out to these places. Because like you were saying about websites, people don't have that as part of their strength or their skill set is like web design. They're great choreographers. They're great instructors. But when would they ever have wanted to take the time to learn HTML or yeah. like even look up how to do a template on WordPress? Like that's just not their passion. That's not the thing they care about. So they just kind of make do with, with whatever basic you know, thing they Googled. And then they're like, well, we have the address up there. That's all we need. Yeah. Address, uh, when we do it every week, no videos, no production value in the videos if they do have videos. It's just some poorly lit, grainy cell phone video that you know, they thought, ah, oh, you know, I'll do this on a lark. You know, my friend wanted to see the, how to do this, so I'll send it to my friend. I'll just put it on YouTube. Maybe someone else will see it. Eh, you know, it's yeah. not the priority. <laughs> and if you have a media group that contracts out for these kinds of things, they do make it a priority. They have in-house dancers who make your dance, your choreographed dance, look like a million bucks. And they're still doing it, you know, the vanilla way. They're doing it the way it was intended to be. But they, they will do it with conviction and yeah. youth and energy. And then maybe four walls into it, then each of them will start putting their individual flair onto it, and you'll be like, oh my god, there's so much potential in yeah. this basic dance. I can find my flair and my expression of it, just like all the people in the video did. I gotta learn this dance. Yeah. And if the alternative is first, no video at all, or this is how the choreographer did it, but you know, he's having kind of a rough day and he's looking off in the distance or he's talking to the bartender during the video and, and then he kind of forgets the step during part of it. So he gets to it in wall two, but, you know, the first wall, just don't pay attention to wall one. Like, all that. It's just, there, there's no draw there. You know? No. There's no. no intent. There's nothing that makes me want to go and learn that or do it. But, and this, this goes back to what I've been saying about community. Like, you can't tell me that someone who's a choreographer does, you can't afford a $300 camera. Mm. Or know someone who already has one that's been sitting in their closet. Like some of these cameras that are like 10 years old are freaking awesome. They still do more than enough. You know, uh, you go down to Costco and you get a kit camera for 500 and something bucks, right? And you can do like HD quality with it. And it, it's not a high cost investment type of thing. You can get some basic, you know, audio equipment that's decent for like 150 bucks or something. Um, so overall, you're looking for like less than a thousand dollars. You can have someone doing it. I I'm talking to people all the time. I have within like my own personal business, like photography and that. I know a guy who gave me discount on videography because I was getting started at, at one time. Like when I was getting built up, he offered discount on videography. I know a guy that offered that was a graphics designer that offered to do uh, a logo design for free. I know a guy that was able to do website design. And he offered to do it for free. And all these people were invested just in me and wanting to see me succeed. Much less when you've got 20 or 30 people that are going out line dancing or even like spectators that um, don't even dance. 
just like going and having a drink and watching in that, they'd be like, yeah, no problem. Like in my spare time, I got nothing to do. I dink around with this or whatever. I can get you guys a website. Like, you know, if nothing else, heck, I pay a website 144 bucks annually for my photography website. And it looks awesome. And you know what? It takes like no maintenance. I can do whatever I want. I've got e-commerce through it. I've got like, you don't even have to do like great with coding. We're not talking about going through and making a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi grade website. We're talking about line dancing. You know, does it give the basic information? Who's the instructors? Can you post a video? Maybe you can sell some product on it. You know, if that comes up, you know, sell your DVD, whatever. It's like, but you're not going to do it all on your own. You've, you've got a life. You've got, um, unless you're doing country line dancing full time, you're just not going to be able to get all this built on your own. Uh, but there are so many people, like contrary to popular belief, like there are a lot of people that want to help and they want to see something succeed. So there's a lady locally that, um, <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if it was a compliment or not, but she'd always video me when I was dancing and she'd post the videos every time. You know, I've probably got a few dozen videos out there. You can see me when I first started and how I was just starting a line dance. And uh, I sucked, to be honest, because <laughs> I just learned. Um, all the way up until like some of the more recent stuff. And like, um, it was kind of cool because I got to see the contrast of uh, when I first started and then like a year later, uh, the exact same dance that she had on video. I'm like, wow, you can see the difference in like how I've changed in that. Someone like that just loves doing it. They mm -hmm. like going out and posting videos. They like videoing how the night's going, new dances and stuff, uploading it, putting it on Facebook. And it's her joy. Now, she's not doing this to get paid. She's not doing this because of any other reason. She just loves line dancing, and she likes to, to, to promote it in the community. We have an amazing member of the line dance community as well, like especially in the, the circuit scene, named uh, Jesse Chan. And if you go on YouTube and look up videos from any of the major events in the world, chances are she's got several videos of the dances that were done there because... She loves it to the extent that she will like book months and months in advance to go to the all the big ones, all the big events. And while everybody else is dancing, while the choreographer is teaching, she's taking time that she could be doing the dance and she's filming for the rest of the world. Like she'll of course learn all the dances. She knows so many. It's amazing, it's inspiring. Uh, but she also just takes that time for herself and for everybody else to have this video. And she might be at some of these huge, major, anticipated events. She might be the only person who posts videos from her cell phone <laughs> the entire time. For yeah. the entire weekend that the thing was going on, she's the only person who, who took that time to share it with the rest of us. And yeah. again, she's not putting ads on these. She's not making any money off it. She yeah. just wants to share these. And without her, we might never have demo videos of some of these big dances. Like the, People put, put, put the step sheets up, but if you don't see how it's done, then you know the step sheets, you have to decipher all these instructions and not everybody's very good at that. So yeah. what she does is huge for the community and yeah. it's just because she loves it. Yeah, and, and honestly, you can take yourself, like walk up to a complete stranger, if you're out dancing, right? Walk up to a complete stranger, hand him your phone and say, hey, would you really mind videoing this dance really quick? Nine times out of 10, a complete stranger like, yeah, no problem, no issue at all. You can't tell me that someone who doesn't even have interest in line dancing is willing to help you and compare that to somebody who loves line dancing and is in the community that you couldn't promote this you know what I mean so like there's I think there's a lot of avenues that can be marketed and people can be talking about it but it's just like there's no effort put in you know what I mean um, 
it really comes down to it, it's you're, you're not going to do it on your own. The instructor can't be teaching a class and videoing himself at the same time. Yeah. You know, he's not going to be able to put up a website and also be working on his choreography or also working on how to manage the business side of it. You know, but there's you need to break out and kind of um, give some of the tasks to other people that are totally willing to do it. And this is not expensive stuff. This is like low key, low cost type stuff that could grow it and some of those things aren't being done mm. unfortunately but I think it's because people are trying to do it all themselves and you're not going to be able to do it mm. you know it's worth it to you uh, if you're teaching a class to be like hey can you video um, this spot of the class and then maybe walk over to another person hey can you video this spot of the class and splice that thing together have yeah. somebody else splice it together put some music over the top mm-hmm. add some cheap graphics to it that like transition mm-hmm. and put it on your website that costs a hundred bucks a year and be like come on down to line dancing it's a badass video and people are like wow this looks like it's legit mm-hmm. you know and people would be interested in doing it that's one of the things that sold Little, uh, Little Waldorf uh, to me was seeing their promo video on Facebook I was really excited to go because they had all these different angles different dances yeah and I was really disappointed to find out that they, they weren't going to be open for me to see after all this hype because they were really good at the hype <laughs> yeah no, and, and Waldorf was awesome to go to. Uh, we actually ran into the issue. The, the owner didn't want to do an all-ages group. Um, it was making him nervous or whatnot, so we ended up cutting out the line dancing and that. And I was like, well, just cut out the under-21 crowd. We'll be all right. But, oh, three semi-unrelated things as we as we head into our home stretch here. Uh, one from much, much earlier was um, when we were talking about church and, um, and how the similarities. In a way, sometimes line dance can feel like going to church in the sense that, like, however you are during the normal week, however people perceive you, you can dress up, you can go to this specific thing and be your other persona. The, yes. the version of you that has it all under control, you've got it all figured out, you know all the dances, <laughs> people like you, they only judge you on how you are there. And just like with church, you could be some, I don't know, like, oil magnate or whatever but when you go to coffee hour after the service you know, you're just talking about lawnmowers and people's kids and, <laughs> and that's the thing you look forward to every week and yeah. that's different from real life in a way so sometimes it can feel like you know going to your 10 to 2 a.m service you know, yeah. in the evening yeah. which is funny because i guess a lot of church could be like 10 to 2 in the daytime <laughs> i'm talking about that yeah. uh, so that was one of them another one was um there's when we were talking about uh, how complex choreography can, in a way, be boring, uh, there's sort of a fine line between having having too much freedom. Uh, like, let's say there, there's too much opened up. You you need to be some people. They need to be given permission to do certain movements because during their daily life, they're not. I mean, they're. They are how they are. They wear khakis. They wear polo <laughs> shirts. They're not doing hip thrusts. Like, yeah. that's not how they expect a person to act. <laughs> so even if you really want to do a hip thrust, if it's not in the choreography, people will know, oh, he's doing that. Like, it's his choice. He decided to do that. Let's judge him on that because he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. But if you're doing it because somebody put that in there for you and they're putting all these you know, c- complicated steps, then you have a security in that. And you yeah. can just do it that's how the because dance is yeah, done. Yeah, you can do it because somebody said it was okay. Um, that's what can happen if people are putting a lot of the, the stuff into the dances. The, on the other hand, though, if they're putting in so much so that it's down to the arm movement, 
and it feels micromanaged, then it's like it's almost like they don't trust you. Like yeah. they yeah. didn't they didn't think you would come up with this on your own because you're not a creative person. Yeah. So they'd better just <laughs> feed it to you, and then you'll do it like that every time. Yeah. So yeah, you, it, having that balance is tricky. Yeah. Uh, and then the one other thing uh, before we get into some closing questions um, is do you, you were talking about upper body control earlier. Are there any exercises that you do or any kind of things? Uh, I know for some people who do popping and locking, they'll stand in front of a mirror and they'll just flex different muscles on and off to kind of control uh, which group is firing at any given time. Is there anything that you do during the week outside of you know, being on the dance floor itself that helps prepare you for certain movements later on? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's kind of a, it's an interesting question because people think that you need to go through and do exercises to like prepare yourself for it. Um, I don't, I don't see the purpose in an exercise unless it is teaching me how to do a movement. Mm. All right. If if I already know how to do the movement, but I'm not good at it, then I need to practice that movement. Mm -hmm. All right, so what you're referring to uh, for popping and that, they're called hits. Mm -hmm. um, it's a jolting of the muscle. It's a quick quick twitch, basically, or a, a movement that moves out and then back, and it causes a jolting effect in your body. Um, people that are good at it are practicing it all the time, but why are they practicing it? Uh, are they doing it just to, to exercise, or are they doing it because they're dancing? You know, So, like, I... I don't just go dancing when I go line dancing in that, right? Um, I'm actually, whether I'm doing chores around the house or whether I'm in my car or whatever, if I, generally if I'm in my car, I can't do a lot of dancing, but uh, I can listen to music, you know, and I can pick out instrumentals or I can try to find beats and stuff. I, I like listening to, like, here in Reno, we got uh, uh, Alice965 that does, like, a remix at the 5 o'clock, you know, 5 o'clock rush hour traffic type thing. They, they put on this mix for 30 minutes. And they got a DJ in the studio that's taking songs and remixing them, changing beats out, stuff like that. And I'm, I'm always focused on... Uh, you can get a sense or a feel of how that DJ is making his music. You know, if you really focus on it, you don't just listen to it, you know, kind of airheadedly. Instead, you're, you're listening to it with a purpose and going, okay, I bet you he's going to drop the beat now. And you hear that, and he may remix at that point, or he may throw a dubstep in there, or something like that. So I'm practicing how I listen to music maybe in the car. But when I get home, and if I put in a set of headphones, or I'm doing dishes, or whatever, yeah, I'll be practicing. Like, I gotta take two steps to my right to put a glass away. What can I do in two steps? You know what I mean? Like, you can practice outside of just line dancing. Mm -hmm. um, so there's not like, per se, particular exercises, but dancing is one of those things that if you love doing it, you don't need to limit yourself to just when you go out socially. You can. Like, if you mess up, you're in your house, no one's around, who cares? Like, I, I'm not, that's embarrassing, but I've run into walls in my house. I've tried something different, and I have almost fallen on my face. Um, because it's like, well, this is the time that I should try it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I've exercised to the point of where it's like 2 a.m., everyone's in bed, and I'm like dripping sweat before mm -hmm. I go to bed, because I'm like practicing something different or something new or changing music. Mm -hmm. um, I don't get inspired. Uh, by the same old music like if I, if I find I'm getting into a rut or I can't come up with new stuff change the music and you'll be inspired in different ways mm -hmm. so there was a time I didn't know how to do hits and yeah I stood in front of a mirror and worked on hits you know to see if I got that jolting effect or whatnot. but once I learned it it's different when you're just standing there doing a hit compared to if you do three or four spins and you like land do a kickball change into a point spin out of it and you want three hits alright 
doing all of that movement and then you have to completely stop and pretend you're standing in front of a mirror to do three hits like it doesn't work you're dancing right now that's not how this works so you need to be practicing in movement while you're dancing start trying to mix that in if you mess it up that's fine do it in your own time and then when you actually go out and you decide to show off a little bit you know or, or having a good time that you've already danced for hours and hours prior to even going public um, so there's not particular exercises there's just I dance all the time I don't dance for other people I dance because I love it yeah uh, and you're the same way I watched you last night there is nobody there it's I think it was four in the morning yeah <laughs> it's 4 a.m. and I'm, I'm watching you like kill the dance for like a machine <laughs> it's just me and uh, this girl you met <laughs> the Sierra and uh, we're just watching and we got the DJ playing the, the the tables are cleared out we shut down the casino practically and you're just out there killing it and it's like you're doing that not because everybody's watching you're doing it because you love it and uh, that is your exercises like you know you're not sitting there like all right how do i do a kickball change perfectly you're like no you just do those things you know and you get better as you go so that'd be my my answer to that all right uh two people that you kind of remind me of in what you were saying uh with changing out music there's a guy in southern california elliot marr who teaches a weekly class and sort of keeps things interesting for his class in trying new music for things you wouldn't even expect like watermelon crawl you just think watermelon crawl is done to watermelon crawl Mm -hmm. but he'll find something that that interacts with the steps in places you would not think that it would Uh, and and then you wonder why have we been doing it to watermelon crawl this whole time (laughs) like there's no movement in there that looks like a watermelon that those sets of movements can be done anywhere and when he finds a good song for it um, he's got he's got a really good ear for like where uh, where certain dances steps will go with a song. So he he finds really good pairings on a fairly consistent basis. And uh, the other person that, um, that came to mind when you were mentioning the hits when you're doing a turn and you want three hits, we were talking about the Beast earlier, and there, I'm pretty sure there is at least one video. There's one video that I'm thinking of, and it might be somewhat in another video that I, I posted in. February or March or something, of Roy Hadisubroto, H-A-D-I-S-U-B-R-O-T-O, Roy Hadisubroto of the Netherlands, and there is a part where the music goes da 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 bum 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 bum, and he puts hits on every single one of those after doing some other complex motion, and it's the way he moves is just magical. Like I highly recommend watching anything of his that you can find on YouTube. You, uh, you got to send me a link to that Definitely. guy. I, I would love it. Absolutely. I love watching new dances like that or like seeing how they do things because it, it inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, two two uh, final, well, like three three final questions. <laughs> um, one is how can people contact you if they have follow-up uh, questions for you, if they maybe just want to inquire about your $200 amazing headshots <laughs> in the Reno Sparks area. What's the best way people can get in contact with you? Um, honestly, uh, you can either go to my website as far as like photography and stuff like that. Uh, it's BP2, uh, B as in boy, P as in Paul, and the numerical two, photography.com, uh, or you can get a hold of me on Facebook, Max Wolcott, W-O-L-C-O-T-T. Uh, I've got my phone number and stuff on there. You can email me, text me. If you text me, please let me know context because if I get random numbers like, hey, how much do you charge? Or, you know, <laughs> hey, I heard your, you know, interview thing or whatever, then I'm like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> so I get that a lot out dancing. People will come up and be like, 
hey, it's good to see you, man. Give me a handshake, big hug. And I've, I've held ten, like 10 minute conversations with the person. And I'm like, dude, who are you? <laughs> He's like, oh, we've never officially met. And I'm like, all right, well, try to introduce yourself, man. It's like manners. <laughs> I thought I just forgot you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of the same texting, calling, emailing, just a little context helps. Mm-hmm. In a long way, but. Uh, and then one and a half more questions. Uh, one. Is there anything we haven't covered that you think we should have? Anything that came to mind for you at any point and you really want to be sure that you get that out there before before we wrap? Uh, yeah, only only one thing. Um, if you're new and trying to get into dancing, if maybe you've heard about line dancing or you know people that do line dancing, maybe someone's like showing you this audio or whatever it is, um, don't go into it with prejudgments. Uh, one of the things that when I got into line dancing is I came out of ballroom, I came out of hip hop, and I, I had line dancing in my mind as like the Cupid Shuffle or the Wobble or like these weird, like more mainstream dances. I, I call them weird because to me they seem weird. Um, but like I had my nose up in the air a little bit about it. I was like, oh, those line dancers, those people that don't actually know how to dance, they have to be told what to do. You know, and there was this preconceived idea about line dancing that it just wasn't really any talent involved. Um, don't look at somebody else. Engage the amount of joy you can get from it on, on them or their facial expression or how they dance or whatever. If you try it out, you may find, like I did, that I absolutely love it, um, that it stretched me to grow. You know, if it takes a couple beers like it did with me, like, do it. Uh, it's worth it. And style is how you want. Like, dance is an art. And it's not art as in, like, the hippie way, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, I'm not painting this vague picture and, like, putting meaning to it. Like, art is an expression of yourself, and you don't necessarily have to express to other people. Sometimes you are expressing yourself to yourself. Mm. All right? Uh, when I go out dancing in that, it, if I mess something up or if I do something I didn't like or whatever else, my critic is me. You know, if somebody else looks at it and goes, that wasn't good, I go, you know what, I'm not here to satisfy you. I appreciate your input. But there's a lot of people who say, you know, you should get paid to do this, or do you do this professionally, or whatever. And I go, no. And they say, why not? And they say, because I dance for myself. I'm not doing it for payment. I'm not doing it for the job. I'm doing it because I love it. You know? And I will always tell them, I'm not that good. <laughs> like, every time. They're like, no, you're really good. No, I'm not. Because <laughs> I, I gauge myself based on where, where I'm at and where I want to be. So express yourself to yourself, I'd say, would be a big thing. And don't prejudge it by any means jump in enjoy it try something new um, and gosh work your best to get rid of country online dancing <laughs> everyone needs to work on that so whatever music you listen to if you like dancing to it dance to it you know I think I told you last night uh, my biggest inspiration is a baby they don't care about what they look like if it's good enough if they're on beat or anything else they hear music they start moving to it and you'll get there you know if you're not on beat work on it if it doesn't look good work on it <laughs> get to where you want to be at so my last question what dance should everyone learn right now for whatever reason whether it's something they should aspire to because it's a complex dance or something that will unify them with the whole community because it's an easier dance or maybe it's just something that you personally are excited by and it's only an entirely local dance what do you think everyone would benefit from learning right now on what particular dance Mm -hmm. I think you got the answer in that earlier. Hmm. <laughs> well, okay. All right. <laughs> Everyone should have an electric slide in their belt. 
it's the most simplistic it is the it goes to majority of songs um, you know you got four counts to the right four counts to the left you got three steps back three taps and a scuff like what can you do with that and like when I'm out dancing and I look at like uh, really complex dances and stuff they're fun to do but ultimately I come back to a simple dance and I'm usually running scenarios in my head of like, why am I not being creative with this? Like, mm-hmm. why am I not stretching myself? And it's easy to get locked into um, the basics and not explore. Um, but if you, if you were to learn any dance, like learn the electric slide. And if you're bored with it, stretch yourself and get creative with it and find a way to not make it boring take you can take a hip-hop step you can find uh the running man you can throw the jerk in there you can throw a, you can do the running man sideways actually um, i've never tried that i've never seen that yeah no i i actually uh i started doing it. i found out like the way that the running man and the jerk they're opposites mm-hmm. i'm like well you can do the exact same thing and go sideways huh. you know without it being the running man or the jerk mm-hmm. um or i guess the reject technically um it's like you can throw stuff in there. I throw Russian kicks in there. I throw... Um, a lot of the guys started doing a, a... They drop down, kick both feet in the air on the front wall. Stuff like that. Like, just little creative things. You can do toe spins. You can do the moonwalk. You can pop and lock. You can do isolations. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff. You can do apple jacks to it. You Like, if you look at an electric slide and go, that's boring, fix it. You know, grow with it. <laughs> Don't leave it the same. If you're an advanced dancer, prove it. You know, that's what I would say is like if someone says I'm an advanced dancer and they can't make something like the electric slide look good and make me want to learn the electric slide, then it's like, I, where's your creative side? Like, I would I call them out on that. Like, all right, show me what you got, and you'll hear me say that if I'm dancing with people. It's like they're like, oh, the electric slide's on. I'll tell, them, like, show me what you got. You know, I want to see it. <laughs> so Wayne locally does pretty good. Me and him are always back and forth trying new stuff or like seeing what we can throw in there. Um, you know, and again, just change up the songs will inspire you with it. So, but that would be my side of it. If anyone should learn to dance, the electric slide. All right. Forget the advanced stuff. That stuff's just the cake. Yeah. But your your true test is on the simple stuff. What can you make interesting that would be boring? Mm-hmm. Have fun with it. All right. Well, good answer. <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah. all your time and sitting down with me and um, taking taking time out of your burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not even really finished, but. Uh, hopefully we'll get to a round two next time I'm passing through town or if you come through Northern California at any time. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Well, until next time. Until next time.